Well, I remember what I said was something's different. Something happened to me. I feel like I really met God tonight. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number four of this brand new podcast. And coming up on this episode, how God used a sibling in the Bible to lead a rebel to the Lord. How to move from performance for to relationship with Jesus and what freedom looks like when we're living it out. Dealing with a struggle between faith and works. How you can win my complete library of 30-day devotionals. I'll tell you how. This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, where we lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And in this episode, you'll meet someone who's experiencing fresh faith in real life. Hi, I'm John Fugler, and I am a recovering performaholic for Jesus. Yeah, former athlete, also an author, a podcaster, Christian radio visionary, ministry leader, a husband, father, and grandfather of eight, and most importantly, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said this, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You'll find that in Philippians 3.8. Well, I'm also the founder and CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, a movement of believers desperate to know Jesus. We lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. So are you stuck in your walk with Christ? Do you need a jumpstart? You need a jolt? Well, FreshFaith247.com is the place to go to join our life-changing membership, and it's complimentary. Can't beat the price. And as we're in this Advent season, uh, there are some neat stories out there. And I found this one not because it's a Christmas story, but because... When somebody comes to Christ, that is our greatest cause of joy. And you might be praying for somebody in your family this Christmas who doesn't know the Lord, and you, you're you just hoping, you're praying that they will really discover the true meaning of Christmas, and they'll enter into this relationship. And I want you to know there's hope. And as you hear this story you're, you're going to believe that there's hope, and it hopefully will increase your faith. And this, this comes from uh, Transworld Radio. Uh, it's a little booklet called Living Hope. It's filled with stories, encouraging stories. And this one just touched my heart. And so I'll share that with you. God meets us in our brokenness and carries out miracles. After leaving home at the age of 13, Carlos became a leader in the Colombian cocaine trade, where he lorded over entire cocoa plantations for the infamous Pablo Escobar. He was a ruler, and his kingdom was a dark one. One harvesting season, uh, Carlos, a self-professed bookworm, found himself deep in the mountains with nothing to read. So he started reading the only book he could find on the plantation, a Bible. He and his 40 bodyguards would read together. Carlos says this, we talked about the New Testament everywhere, 
So we became uh, something weird. We made cocaine. We were armed. But during the night, we read the New Testament. (laughs) Still, with all of his study, uh, Carlos was apathetic toward God and the word before him until one fateful day. Carlos was left alone on the mountain, checking some new fields when he was badly injured. He couldn't walk. He couldn't call for help. The sky fell tonight and nobody came. He pulled out the only solace he had, and that was a radio. And as he fiddled with the dial, the voice of hope met him on his desolate mountains. Several times I thought the preacher was right next to me telling me everything. There was no safety without Christ. Say this prayer with me, the preacher said. And in that moment, I received Christ. Three days later, he poured gasoline over his whole cocaine operation and set it on fire. (laughs) Talk about repentance and turning in the other direction. This was it. (laughs) And Carlos said, and that was that. Free from cocaine, free from the cocaine lab, free from everything. Carlos became a pastor and began serving the Colombian people using soccer to minister to the youth of Bogota. Of his former bodyguards, the 40 of them, 14 are now pastors, and to date he's planted 25 churches. And he says this, To receive Jesus was incredible. I really found Jesus. Or he found me. I think it's the second one. And the lesson from this is God meets us in our brokenness, and he carries out miracles. So no matter who you're praying for, a family member, a friend who seems, well, they're so far from God, they'll never find Jesus. There is hope. And so keep praying and just be Jesus to them. Our guest in uh, this episode, my interview, is someone like uh, Carlos here who found Jesus by reading the Bible. Our guest, uh, that happened to him too. And we're going to get to his story real shortly. Uh, I want you to know that I've got something for you here uh, that I want to put in your hands, especially to get ready for the new year. And as you turn the calendar into the new year in a couple of weeks, it's called uh, 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience, Renewing Your Walk with Christ. It's a 21-day devotional on a variety of topics, all the way from faith to courage to encouragement, uh, prayer, a number of topics in there, and I want you to have this. It's a digital download, and there's a journal in there, too, some things you, as you read through the devotional, as you pray through it, as you study scripture, you can jot down some of your thoughts as well. So get this, download it. You'll have it ready. You can print it out if you want. It's very short, so it's not going to take much paper and ink, uh, or you can just use the digital copy, maybe have it on your phone and be able to use it in the mornings when you're up with the Lord. But I want you to have this, and you just go to our website, freshfaith247.com. When you get there, in the menu, you'll see 21 Day, and click on that. It's that easy. Freshfaith247.com, and click on 21 Day, and we'll get this to your email box as you uh, inbox. And it's the 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience, Renewing Your Walk with Christ. Along with this, you get a complimentary membership in Fresh Faith 24-7. And what is this? Well, Fresh Faith 24-7 is a place where like-minded believers will encourage you to have the most personal relationship with Christ that is possible. If you want to pursue Jesus, then that's the place to be. And it's also a place where the pressure to perform for God is removed. 
That's performance Christianity. And we lead you on a path to freedom inside Fresh Faith 24-7. So no more do you need to think you have to perform for God. You got like-minded believers. We come together. There's power in that. And so I invite you to join. And you can do that at freshfaith247.com. It comes with your devotional too. There's instructions in there how to join and become a free member. Faith. The devotional thought I want to share with you in this episode is about faith and works and that that struggle between faith and works. Um, a lot has been said about that over the centuries as they relate to the Christian faith. We, we know that we're saved through faith. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Yet uh, works do have a part in our relationship with God. James says it clearly. He says, so faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You come to faith, but man, it'll die out if you're not uh, acting on that faith. And it's easy to think it's the works that save us and the works that keep us going. And that's not that's not the case. I, I read that verse, James 2.17, so faith by itself if it does not have works, is dead. And I ask myself, what is dead faith? I certainly don't want to be characterized by dead faith. You wouldn't want that either, right? Now, but you may feel right now that your faith is, faith is dead. It's a life of misery if you live that way for long. I think of the Dead Sea, where the water flows in, but it never flows out. I, I floated in this salt-laden water a couple of years ago. Well, it's been maybe four years now. But it's not good for much more. Nothing can live in it. Its name, Dead Sea, is right on. And so many believers live that way. God's life flows into them, but nothing flows out. Have you been there? You're taking it in, but it just stops there. Uh, They own a relationship with Christ through saving faith, but live a life absent of any faith at all. It's (laughs) it's terrible. (laughs) Oh, boy. And we've all been there at one point. As you take an account of your current season season of life, um, let me ask, are, are you living out your faith or are you more like the Dead Sea? Is there outward evidence that you have a vibrant relationship with the living God? Is the fruit of the Spirit being manifest, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? As we walk by faith, this fruit will be obvious. Are you trusting God for the miraculous and seeing him at work in and around you? Are you experiencing strength in your walk with him? As James 2.17 challenges us, are you doing works as an outflow of your faith? I just want to make it clear. God doesn't need us to work for him. No, he's capable on his own to accomplish his will and show himself to the world. <laughs> it's, it, it, it doesn't need us, but it's for our benefit that we do the work of the Lord. We gain great joy by being involved in the things of God. Jesus commissions us. He says this, these words, you are the salt of the earth You are the light of the world. Jesus himself gives us that commission. Our saving faith propels us to be salt and light so that the Father might be glorified. And that's a great privilege. It's a great joy to be involved in this exciting work that changes lives. So I invite you to show Jesus to someone today. 
It might be a Carlos. It might be a family member. It might be a friend. It might even be a stranger. Be salt. Be light. As you live out your faith, find someone to bless. Do the works of the Lord. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. Faith and works. Our works are an outgrowth of our faith. If we get it backwards, it's frustrating and it'll kill us. And we're here to lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. Well, your thoughts on that, I'd like to hear from you. Go ahead and email me at john, J-O-N, at freshfaith247.com. john at freshfaith247.com. Yeah, we're in this. uh, It's a discussion. So if I'm rocking your world, let me know. If you... If you don't like it, let me know. If you're if it's right on, let me know as well. John at FreshFaith247.com. Our guest, as I mentioned, uh, came to the Lord through the Word, also through his brother. So it was a person. It was God's Word. He was a rebel of sorts, as I shared earlier, and you're going to hear about that. Uh, he got into performance Christianity, and he'll share with us how he escaped that um, and how he daily develops an intimate walk with Jesus. You'll hear more about that. And he tells us uh, that he reads his Bible cover to cover each year, and he's done it for 11 years, (laughs) but it's not out of performance at all. So uh, I want you to meet a good friend of mine, uh, Larry Walters, uh, and you're going to enjoy the conversation I had with him uh, not too long ago. And so let's go to that with Larry. Larry Walters has been in radio for many years. I'm going to have him tell his story, Christian radio, and has really been a part of of changing lives across the country and around the world. Uh, And he is being used by God in in such special ways in so many lives. In fact, you may have, when when he opens his mouth, you may say, I know that voice. I've heard him on my local Christian radio station. So uh, Larry Walters, thank you for joining us here on Fresh Faith in Real Life. Oh, John, this is such a true privilege to be able to be with you today on Fresh Faith, because I I just, I love the title. Um, You know, we need that freshness in our faith day in and day out. So Thank you for the introduction, and uh, boy, I just, I'm praising God that we've been friends for so many years. Well, uh, I want people to hear your story, uh, and as, as they've heard your voice, they go, yes, I, I know Larry. I've heard him somewhere, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're going to get into your, your radio career a little bit, but um, first, uh, I'd like to start at the beginning, and uh, was your conversion to Christ a dramatic one? I mean, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, it, it, it kind of was dramatic in some ways, John. In fact, uh, whenever I share my story, um, there are some that uh, would say, well, gosh, that, that sounds a little far-fetched. But here's what happened. I grew up in a, in a Christian home. Uh, so I went to Sunday school and Bible school, and I knew all about God and Jesus and Holy Spirit. But never one time do I recall in the church that I grew up in hearing that I could have a relationship with Christ. And um, there was a a series of events that God so perfectly orchestrated to introduce me to himself. Uh, It kind of went like this. I I was in eighth grade. I was 14. Prior to that time, I was the guy that was always in fights and in trouble and caused my parents all kinds of grief and and problems and uh, didn't really have a very good relationship with them as a result. 
But I had an older brother, Alan. Um, he was six years older than I was. And um, he went to uh, Texas Christian University and the first day that he was on campus, somebody shared with him a little booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws. And that's where he asked Christ into his heart. He began to pray for me on a regular basis and encouraged me to read my Bible. Well, because we were close and I just really looked up to him and respected him, I, I started to read the Bible every day wow. and uh, didn't really know what I was doing. But I, <laughs> I thought, well, Alan told me I'm supposed to do this, so I guess I'm supposed to do it. <laughs> And um, the problem was, John, is I, I had such uh, a tendency toward lying. I mean, gosh, I could look my mom and dad in the face or other authority figures in the face uh, and just bald face lie to them. And, and I was so fearful all the time of getting caught. Well, as God would um, have this arranged, there I was. I'd been reading my Bible for probably six months or so. Went to my eighth grade math class where a teacher of mine be had become a really good friend. Well, in those days, you had two grades. You had either the, um, you had both the academic grade and then what was called the citizenship grade. Citizenship was, you know, your behavior. Oh, I remember. Along. I remember. You remember that? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So in my household, man, oh man, citizenship was almost more important than the academic. So uh, we were very much expected as kids to, to get high grades, both academically and citizenship. I go to this eighth grade class, math class. Uh, remember, Mrs. Niece was her name. And we had become good friends. I, I felt like she really trusted me. And by that time, I'm 14 years old. I'm, I'm starting to recognize, I, I don't think I want to be in fights anymore. I, I think I want to start settling down. And, um, and yet still had this propensity toward lying all the time. Well, there was a situation where she had a substitute on a Thursday. And then Friday, she came back and started reading off the names of all the kids whose names got written down on the list by the substitute for goofing around. And my name, sure enough, comes up. And I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to lie my way out of this one? <laughs> and so she calls me up after class. And... Um, and asked me about it. And I, I just did what I had so oftentimes did, John. I, I lied to her and said, no, it wasn't me. There must be some kind of a mistake. And uh, she was wise enough to say, well, why don't you think about it over the weekend? And then we'll talk again on Monday. Man, John, I, I walked home that day. And that was probably the first time that I ever felt a lot of remorse and guilt and shame over what I had done. Were you still reading her. the Bible at this time too? I, I was. As a matter of fact, okay. I got home and I tried to read my Bible that night and I just couldn't. And back and forth, back and forth. I mean, I'm just fighting with God back and forth for, you know, like two hours. Read the Bible, turn off the light, try to go to sleep, turn the light back on, try to read the Bible, can't do it, turn off the light, try to go back to sleep. I mean, it just went on for about two hours. And now here's the dramatic part. I mean, Jesus and in his incredible love just really made his presence known to me in a very special way in my room that night. I felt this wash of peace and love come over me like I had never felt before. And I can just visibly remember, graphically remember being on my knees next to my bed and just saying, 
oh yes, Jesus, I will. I wanted him in my heart. So after that um, experience, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, I decided, well, I can't lie to my parents anymore. I need to tell them what happened. So room is in the basement. I go upstairs. I tell my mom and dad what happened. They were surprisingly, you know, really supportive and said, well, you really need to go back to school on Monday and ask for her forgiveness and, you know, tell her so what you So you told done. them about uh, the lying. You didn't tell them about inviting Christ into your life. Well, I remember what I said was something's different. Something happened to me. I feel like I really met God tonight. And they didn't have that much of a response to it. And so I just knew there was this amazing peace and courage in my heart like I had never had before. The very next day on Saturday, my brother Alan comes home from college. I share with him what happened. Like a good campus crusade guy, he says, well, we need to go through the four spiritual laws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he took me through that. I prayed the sinner's prayer. And then Monday, I went back and asked Mrs. Neese for forgiveness. And she said, well, I, I knew you were lying, but uh, I'm really proud of you for coming forward and telling me. And thankfully, oh, the first miracle of my life, probably, God gave me a C. She gave me a C in... <laughs> <laughs> in citizenship instead of an F like I should have gotten. <laughs> C for confession, right? <laughs> That's right. Good. <laughs> hey, um, so the, your story is a little bit unusual because most people come to Christ through another person. Yes, it was through your brother, but it was really this this one-on-one -on -one experience with God. And it just shows us how powerful the word of God is. Mm. And you were there in your room and you and you came to the Lord. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. It started yeah, yeah. with that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship. It was just you and Jesus in the room that night. It really was, John. And, and I'm glad that you brought that out because truly the foundation of God's word was set in my life even before I asked him into my heart. It was that six months prior that I know God used to be able to lead me to himself. So what happened with, uh, you, you kept reading the Bible. Was it like night and day? Or, or what was it like? Yeah, my brother um, continued to disciple me and um, used lots of Campus Crusade material. I mean, I, I learned how to study the Bible. I learned what prayer really is. I learned how to memorize scripture, um, went through lots of scripture memory, you know, the verse packs. and Did the word of God uh, come alive for you as opposed to you were reading it before you came to Christ? Yeah, that's a great way to say it, John. It did. It really came alive for me. I started to see things that I had never seen before because it was almost like, um, you know, being across the street and seeing your neighbors and, and waving. But when you actually go across the street and shake their hand and meet them, now you have a different relationship. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Speaking of neighbors across the street, I don't know if you can hear the lawnmower, but maybe I should wave to my neighbor across the street and say, but anyway, uh, if, if, you, if you're watching now or listening, you know, what's that noise? Uh, yeah, you may hear it. You may not. It's just cutting the lawn. That, that's besides the point, Larry. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so you went from there. And I know you've served the Lord over the years in so many ways. Kind of paint that picture. How, how have you served God in your, in your Christian life? Well, I know here on Fresh Faith, you, you talk about the performance-based um, 
relationship. And, and boy, that was me, John, for probably at least 16 years mm. after I had asked Christ into my heart. So I was 14. By the time I'm in my early 30s, I'm married. I've got two kids. And I just got to the point where it's like, man, I am so tired of trying to please God with everything that I'm doing. Uh, I had been in Christian radio by that time for mm, about seven, eight years or so. God had blessed me with being able to rise up to become a, a general manager at a Christian station in Colorado Springs. I, I didn't know beans about management, honestly. And it, and it was because of a, a program that I had to produce every day on the air that was kind of like in those days, we call it a magazine format where you would have little clips. Mm -hmm. You do maybe a 30 second you know, um, clip out of a four minute interview. And um, I would produce these programs with Christian leaders of all the organizations that were moving into Colorado Springs. And um, I just formed friendships. God so perfectly orchestrated that to bring me men and women who were very seasoned as leaders and just began to mentor me um, while we're in the studio. I would ask them questions. I don't know how to put a budget together. I'm not sure what to do about this personnel decision. Um, what do you do when you have to hire somebody? Wow. <laughs> I didn't know Young anything. kid asking for, for help. Get these guys in the studio. and you. <laughs> I was. So, you know, I, I was very oriented toward performance. And that unfortunately translated into my relationship with God to where he almost again became like that neighbor across the street that, that I would wave at. But I really missed the intimacy and the talking with him. And I would try and try. And I, it just felt like, you know, there was this, this coldness. What was, uh, what was the turning point? Um, how did you escape that? Uh, I know you're familiar with John Eldridge and Wild at Heart Ministries. Yes, certainly. Um, in the early days, um, it was John and his wife, Stacy, and you know, they were just kind of beginning things. And, and I heard about his book, Wild at Heart. And I remember reading it. And it was such an eye opener for me, John. It's like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. I need to understand my part in the story here. And, and wow, okay. Um, there's some foundational truth that I need to understand. Uh, I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare. I mean, I knew that there was a Satan, but I, I didn't really understand my part in that story and how he was constantly trying to keep me in that performance mode all the time. When I finally began to step out of that and recognize, oh, thank you, Abba, Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you're not looking for me to check a box every day and spend X number of hours every day in a quiet time. And if I don't, then kind of the blessing spigot gets turned off and mm -hmm. I'm not eligible for your love today. I really had to break out of that, John, and recognize that Jesus wanted to meet with me because he wanted my heart. That's all he really wanted. When you uh, talk about that spiritual warfare, the thing that comes to mind, I think for all of us is uh, just the, we, we, well, we don't think about, as you mentioned, performance, Christianity, that Satan deceived you in something simple like that. That doesn't seem to me like spiritual warfare, you mm -hmm. know, the temptation and, you know, the, 
desire to sin and, you know, we, we go into depression or we have these uh, violent bouts with the enemy, but this was something very subtle and very simple. Mm -hmm. Satan is a great deceiver. He deceived you with performance Christianity that you, I, I know that because I've been there on the outside, it looks like, well, this makes sense. I'm supposed to obey Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to, I'm supposed to serve mm -hmm. God uh, and all these things that we're supposed to do. But when we get it backwards where the relationship is second and the service is first, that's where it caves in. And that's, that's such a subtle deception. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're detailing it perfectly, John. When I began to understand more of God's character um, and learn some of his names in scripture, like Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer, mm. recognize that he, he wanted to heal all of that pain and heartache and sorrow from my childhood. When I learned about Jehovah Jireh, the fact that he really is my provider and that he doesn't just own 10%, he owns 100%, it all belongs to him. And, and then I began to see his provision in ways I never had before. Or Jehovah Shalom, uh, the Lord, my peace. I, I could recognize that I, I don't have to try to you know, do the little dog and pony show for God, my father or Jesus in order to experience his peace. He just wanted my heart. He wanted me to acknowledge I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you every minute. I am for you, not against you. So how long ago was this? Put it, put it in a time perspective that the Lord really opened this up to you. Yeah, I think that again, John really began in the, in probably about 2001, 2002, when I read Wild at Heart. Then I was able to go to one of their Wild at Heart boot camps. Um, uh, I think that was 2010 or so by that time. And again, I you know I'd been in ministry and really felt called to ministry and and was watching God bless that and open up doors of opportunity for me. Um, but it, it, again, I don't think it was until about 02, 03, something like that, mm. that I really began to experience the freshness of my faith and understand, boy, I have an enemy that's so crafty as you described, and I've got to put on the full armor of God and, and buckle that belt of truth around my waist every day. So Larry, that's, uh, that's been a long time. Um, your eyes were open. It uh, sounds like pretty quickly but I'm sure it's been a process. I mean, what was the process like for you uh, to begin living that life, to experience and feed that relationship with Jesus? And I know that performance Christianity is always knocking at the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's your secret? How do you, how do you deal with that? What was your progression? And give us a glimpse into that. You know, one of the things for me, John, was um, at the time I was living in, in Colorado Springs and then moved uh, to California. And, and both of those states have just incredible, gorgeous scenery all around. And so I began to just take some walks. And instead of getting up in the morning, opening up my Bible, going through my journal, kind of, you know, checking the box of all the things that I prayed for. None of that was bad. It, it was good. But what I needed to learn was just how to have a relationship 
one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. And, and I would literally picture him walking beside me mm. and began to just enjoy that intimacy of conversation mm. with him. Like, tell me, tell me how you're feeling about work today. Tell me what, what you're struggling with in your marriage. What are you, what are you wrestling with in your parenting? And, and I just began to have conversations with him. And it was like, oh, Lord, this just feels so good. And then he would confirm things in his word. And, you know, I'd come back and I'd, I'd sit down with the Bible and I'd open it up. And, and it was like the words just began to jump off the page to me because I was no longer trying to, again, I'll just use the example of, you know, checking the box every day. I was enjoying a relationship with him instead. That's beautiful. And I want to give our listeners a, a glimpse behind the scenes here too, is I'm on the West uh, East coast. Larry's on the West coast, a three hour time difference. <laughs> and when I get up in the morning and I'm heading off into work, it just seems like Larry's already up on the, <laughs> on the West coast three hours. So when he talks about taking a walk with the Lord and spending time with him, I, I think you're doing it at around five 30 in the morning. You, you've got to be waking up early. And I say that because you are investing that time. You say, I will get up early, just to have time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you're kicking the word of God out scripture and prayer and that type of thing. And the study you're making time for that, but you're making time for Jesus. Mm -hmm. there, there's that process. Am I, am I telling the story? Am I bragging on you right here or, uh, <laughs> You, you are right, John. I, I do. I've always been kind of an early riser and um, I love getting up early. That, that's my time to be alone with the Lord. And, and boy, honestly, in today's world, the hardest thing for me is to leave my cell phone in the other room on silent instead of, you know, constantly checking my email or seeing who's texting and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, Again, I, as I think about my relationship with Jesus, one day I, I remember doing that and just hearing God's spirit say to me, you don't really value our time, do you? Man, it's like a dagger in my heart. I'm like, well, yeah, of, of course I do, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, you know, I look at my phone and I realized, well, you know, what if you and I are in this conversation and I'm, I'm constantly looking at my phone and texting and doing email and kind of half paying attention. That's not going to go over real well in our relationship. <laughs> I was going to talk to you about that, Larry, those times <laughs> you and I get together is now that you brought it up. <laughs> oh man, but you're right, John. I, I, I love that time in the morning to be alone with Jesus. And, and, you know, obviously the weather's not always perfect. And so I can't go for a walk every morning, but I love being able to just sit in my little easy chair. Uh, I'll read scripture. Uh, I really needed to learn how to worship. I mean, I think of that example in Second Chronicles chapter 20, where Jehoshaphat was being uh, told, hey, you got, you got a big army coming against you. And the very first thing he does is, is he prays and he asks God for wisdom. I mean, they just, the whole assembly just pauses and prays and they seek God and they wait upon him. And then there's, there's one guy that God speaks to and he tells them, yeah, this is kind of your intel. This is what's going to happen. Um, the battle is the Lord's. It's not yours, but you still got to show up. You still need to get dressed. You need to go down uh, to the battle line and you're going to watch me take care of your enemies. 
and God does. And I mean, they start, they get confused. They start fighting each other. There's like thousands and thousands of men that are killed. They don't even have to lift a finger to fight because God fights for them. And the thing that's so easy to skip over, John, in that story is that um, Jehoshaphat, as the king, sends a delegation of men in front of their assembly to praise and to worship. And so I really had to learn the value of worshiping in the morning and not just, you know, kind of, all right, God, you're on my agenda. Here's the Bible. What do you want to say? <laughs> I had to learn how to just, again, love him and worship him. You are my Jehovah Rapha. You are my Jehovah Shalom. You are my Adonai, my God that's more than enough. I worship you. I love you. I'm so grateful that I get to be in your presence this morning, that you are for me and not against me. Just learning to speak God's word out loud and, and affirm who I am in him. I can tell this is part of your life. That's uh, ingrained in, in who you are. You develop the habits, but more than that, you develop that, that intimate relationship with God. And that's beautiful. I, I want to dig a little bit further here. I got some so a couple more questions that uh, I think a lot of our viewers and listeners can can relate to. Larry, as we talk about this whole thing of intimacy with Christ, uh, we don't live life in a vacuum. Life happens, trials, tribulations, tough times, seasons, some short and some long. Um, when life overwhelms you and, and and Jesus fades into the distance, how do you recover that relationship and joy? Uh, how, how do you do that when there's, mm. there seems to be a block, whether it's a tough circumstance or just a time of staleness? How do you get back into that relationship? Boy, that is such a good question, John, because, yeah, we all do go through seasons. And, and sometimes when God is silent, we misinterpret and think that, well, I've, I've done something wrong or he, he doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, sometimes God just uh, says, I, I just, I want to enjoy time with you. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to teach you anything over the course of this next six months. I just want you to enjoy being with me. I had to learn that discipline. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me, John, um, never ever would I have thought that my wife of 32 years would betray me and be unfaithful and divorce me. And you were so instrumental along with several other men and women in Christian radio and helping me get through that uh, extremely difficult time. I, I never felt like during that time that God was silent. In fact, um, quite the opposite. He kept reminding me that it's not if, but when the storms in life come, uh, if you have a strong foundation, then everything else above ground is going to stand. And although there was a lot that was washed away above ground, the foundation was solid in mm. Jesus. And he kept reminding me, John, almost from the outset, I mean, just literally within probably the first couple of hours of discovering her affair, um, I, I remember him speaking so clearly to my heart from Joel 2.25. And it says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. And he is. Um, God sometimes gives me themes for the year. 
And I, and I remember that very first year of just being, you know, devastated and needing to rely upon you and other Christian leaders um, all across the nation that, that God had used to mentor me and disciple me and love on me. I really had to lean into, okay, I know God's word, the foundation is solid, but I can't act like I'm not hurting right now. I need to be really transparent. Sometimes it would be, you know, three in the morning and I, and I couldn't sleep, but I knew I had friends on the East coast that were up at six and so <laughs> I'd be able to call and pray yep. in the middle of the night, Pacific time. I just, I really had to learn that, um, that freedom and restoration and love and joy. Those were the themes that God began to give me that that very first year it was freedom. The second year it was restoration. The third year it was love and this year it's joy. And I'm learning that the joy of the Lord truly is my strength. Talk about fresh faith in real life. And that's it, Larry, right there. Um, and I, did walk with you through that and, and watching you grieve and keep coming back to the Lord. And it was an emotional time for you. Mm-hmm. And just to hear your story now, how the Lord led you through behind the scenes in, in your times with him, I guess were so rich. I mean, how, how did you approach the Lord during, during this time? What, what's your, what's your secret? I mean, what, what kept it going? so that you were able to be fed and that relationship was rich? Well, it, it went back to what we talked about from the outset, John, even before I knew Jesus, it was that six months of reading the Bible <laughs> before I asked Christ into my heart. That's been the foundation. Um, some days I, I would just literally read full chapters of the Bible. Um, this is my 11th year uh, through the Bible cover to cover. I, I use the uh, mm. daily audio Bible app with Brian and Jill Harden. And um, I, I just, I listen to it when I walk. I listen to it in the morning sometimes when I'm getting ready. Sometimes um, I'll just go and sit on my patio and listen to the birds in the morning singing. And I'll listen to the daily audio Bible. And there's something about hearing the spoken word that causes you to hear it differently um, or, or maybe understand it differently than if you just are reading it mm-hmm. because it really causes you to pay careful attention. Like you and I are paying careful attention to what each other is saying. When I hear Brian read the scriptures, it's like, wow, I've, I've heard that story for 40 plus years now, but I never heard it that way before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, as I um, talk to you now, and I know that that you, it, it just so, what impresses me is just you're relaxing Jesus. You re, you're relaxing in this relationship with Christ. And our listeners and viewers are probably thinking, well, he must not do anything during the day. But I know just the opposite. You have a, a hectic schedule. You're helping Christian radio stations around the country. You have a, a full-time job as well with TWR, um, and your your life is is on the go. So so you're you you are serving the Lord, you are doing things, you are obeying Him, 
and yet you're still finding this intimacy. Mm-hmm. To me, that I'm I'm impressed with that. You, you, somehow you're able to balance that. How how do you work in the relationship when you're going, going, going? Well, I I think I, <laughs> I got to be honest, John. Again, you know, we're, we're we're back to the cell phone. I've got this little app on my phone that Wild at Heart Ministries put out called Pause. Yes. And there's like a, there's a one minute, a three minute, a five minute and a 10 minute version. And I literally just uh, like sometimes it's mid morning. I've got the little timer set on here for 10 a.m. and then also 2 p.m. Because in the midst of go, go, go all the time, um, it's incredible to me how within the course of an hour or two, most everything that I read that morning in my intimacy with Jesus has kind of faded away because I'm, you know, I'm That's... banging out emails and you know how it is, you know, I'm answering calls and all that stuff, you know, I'm on planes and, you know, going to uh, hosting different fundraisers. And as satisfying as that can be, it also causes me to recognize I just need to pause, even if it's just one minute and reconnect mm-hmm. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. This is too heavy for me to carry. I can't possibly manage this schedule. I know I'm going to end up forgetting something. So show me what's important, even in the next five minutes. It's just something as simple as that. That's great. Great advice. One of our past guests, uh, Todd Isburner, recommended that as, as well. I went and downloaded I better start using it now. <laughs> but this is it's twice, a lifesaver, twice I've heard about this. And uh, I would recommend that to our listeners and viewers. Um, good advice. Good advice. Uh, one last question here. Yeah. You are a discipler of men of all the, you're doing a lot of other things, but you're also meeting with men one-on-one meeting with, with groups of men, you're discipling. What advice would you give men whose spiritual lives are say dying on the vine, that they feel distant from God. They may have been believers for years, but something's missing. The fire is gone. What advice would you give? Well, I think the biggest thing, John, would be to um, just say, guys, stop trying to impress God with all of the stuff you can do and just enjoy your relationship with him. Go for that walk, take that pause, mm-hmm. sit down and let him teach you out of his word because he wants to. And if you have to do something like I do, where I've got a little blanket that I got from a radio station that says God is for you and hang it on the back of my chair, then, then do that. Uh, do something to remind yourself God really is for you. He truly wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And if you're feeling like you're just kind of dying on the vine, um, go back to John 15, 5. He said, I am the vine and you're the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, then you get to bear good fruit. Because here's the most important part. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not something or a little bit. Mm. It's apart from me, you can do nothing. So abide in that vine and let him abide in you. And if, if you need to go out and, you know, look at a tree and a branch and say, God, I feel like the branch is broken off. Show me how to reconnect with you because I want to abide in you. Then do that and, and let him show you how to do that because he wants to. He really wants to be intimate with you. You say you've got that that blanket as a reminder. We need those, those big signs. And I've got something <laughs> on the wall here that 
I'll pull off that it's a reminder that uh, what does freedom from performance, the bondage of performance Christianity, how does it play out in real life? And what does it look like? And the, I, I made a list here. Freedom leads to fruit. We bear fruit, fruit of the spirit when we're free to do that is Jesus lives his life through us. Hmm. Uh, we obey God with joy. It's not this, uh, we have to, because we want to. The pressure to perform is removed. We don't feel self-imposed guilt because we aren't earning God's approval. Jesus walks with us, not looking over our shoulder, but he's got his arm around us. That's, uh, that picture is great. Yeah. And we view God as he is, our friend. And we understand and experience his love more. We, we will glorify God. We'll have a thrill doing it. It's an outgrowth of our relationship. And we'll please God because we just want to. And it's freeing and it's fun. All these things. Uh, that's how it plays out in real life. And you're describing that in your life. And I've watched you and I know that it's true. Um, but that genuine relationship with Jesus. So Larry, thank you so much for mm. sharing with us uh, you're, and opening up too. I know you've gone through some, some hard times. You know, I see the, that relationship with Jesus coming through uh, and mm. he, is, he is your friend. John, thank you. It's a, it's a joy to be with you truly. And I'm grateful that Jesus is my friend and that he's brought me solid brothers in Christ that are my friends like you too. Mm. So thank you. That certainly is fresh faith in real life. Larry Walters, thank you. And Larry's interview is also a part of our Fresh Faith 24-7 membership. And what you find in the Freedom Path training that I have in there is that there are testimonies and interviews like this interspersed, where we give you the tools to live fresh faith, but also you get to meet people who are living fresh faith. Uh, and it's a it's a video interview. You might have caught that and uh, on Inside the membership, uh, you'll be able to watch the video. We got others as well, so I thought that would be a great way to uh, show you what's inside and share that incredible interview. As we come back out of that, uh, I like to have a takeaway. So I couldn't come up with one. There were so many, but but one thing that I thought was was really poignant. What Larry shared, which I wanted to leave with you, is this. The fact that um, a key to him in this intimate relationship with Jesus was understanding more of God's character. Understanding more of God's character. As he understood more of God's character and dwelt on that, his relationship with Jesus became more personal and intimate. So that was the really big thing. That's, And then I have 1A. You know, that was number one. This is 1A. Uh, and he said this, he, he said, pause and reconnect. So during the day, stop, pause and reconnect. And again, that app that came up uh, with Larry as it, well, as, as it did in a past episode with Todd Isburner is that pause app and highly recommend that for you. So a couple takeaways from that interview, we want to distill it down to what will help us most in our, our walk with Christ as uh, we want to Desperately pursue Jesus together, right? Well, would you like to desperately win our contest this month? All throughout this month of December, we're giving you a chance to enter to win the full library of 30-day devotionals that I've written. I've got seven of them, plus a bonus book that we'll throw into this package. It's the Fresh Faith New Year Devotional Collection. So enter to win. You get Your Life with God, 30 Days of Joy, Your Life with God, 30 Days of Faith, 30 Days of Rest, 
We've got courage. We've got encouragement, prayer, and then one 30-day devotional dedicated to the character of Jesus. We talked about the character of Jesus, and that is uh, one of the devotionals, and also that is part of the um, the video devotionals that I have inside Fresh Faith 24-7 when we focus on Jesus, the character qualities of Jesus. But you can you can win this along with the bonus book, Corona Season Continues, A Christian Response to the Pandemic. And all these eight are available to you to enter to win. You have until the 31st, and I will draw a winner on New Year's Day at noon Eastern time on our Fresh Faith 24-7 Facebook page. And if you win, you'll see it happen. If you're not there, I will email you and let you know you win. So you don't have to be present to win. Here is how to enter. You go to our website. We're sending everybody there for this, freshfaith247.com. And in the menu, click Contest. Fill out the form, hit Submit, and you are entered. One entry per person, please. One entry per person. Freshfaith247.com, and you click on Contest. Questions from listeners. What are you thinking? If this is your first episode and you got a question, if you got a comment, want your reaction, like to share your comments, go ahead and email me, john at freshfaith247.com. That's J-O-N at freshfaith247.com. Uh, and submit your questions. Starting in January, we're going to read some of the comments from our listeners. We're going to uh, answer questions, if I can answer them. If not, uh, I'll have your question in advance, so I'll find out the answer. But as it pertains to your relationship with Christ, this whole intimacy with Christ, knowing Christ, being on the path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity, you have a question about performance Christianity, um, go ahead and email me, john at freshfaith247.com. I need, some, I need some starters. I need some early adopters who will jump in first, not wait for other people to submit questions. Are you one who's always at the front of the line? Then you need to be at the front of the line asking a question. Would you please do that? I don't want to come up in January and start this thing off in the new year and oh, not have any questions. But uh, go ahead and send those to me. And uh, we'll, we'll respond on the program. I'd love to hear your comments as well in these early days of this new podcast, Fresh Faith in Real Life. So as we uh, close here, one point to remember is, uh, I leave you with this, to understand more of God's character. Understand more of God's character. That is key to knowing Jesus and knowing him intimately. Understanding more of his character. And as I mentioned, uh, we feature uh, devotionals inside Fresh Faith 24-7 where we explore the character of of Jesus. Again, if you'd like a free copy of the devotional 21-day fresh faith experience that I wrote, Renewing Your Walk with Christ, go ahead to our website. Just click on 21-day. It's in the menu. Our website is freshfaith247.com. Well, that's it for now. We'll join you again next Wednesday. A new episode releases on Wednesday. Another guest, uh, some great inspiration And uh, we'll join you back here as we pursue Jesus. We're a movement of believers desperate to know Jesus.